Students at Florida College start their morning with chapel every weekday. Join us now for Daily Chapel from Florida College. Good morning. Our first song is Be With Me, Lord. I'd ask, uh, gentlemen, if you would, remove your hats as we sing Be With Me, Lord. Know me, be with me, Lord. three, four, or five years old or so, about that many years ago, I was sitting around with my family. I'm not sure what the event was. It was Mother's Day or my sister's birthday or maybe it was Christmas. I don't know what it was, but my little nephew had bought his mom a present, and he had found for her a ring that he thought was just perfect for his mom. It was genuine bright purple plastic. The stone was cut to look like a diamond, and it was huge. You know those little popsicle rings you can get? It wasn't quite that big, but it was close. (laughs) And as he gave it to her and she opened it, it was very sweet. It was very genuine. And the family started commending him for that and said, that is so thoughtful. What a kind gift. We know your mom loves that. And people started taking their turns around the room. And it sort of happened that I was about the last one to say anything, and It came my turn, and I said, but that is so sweet and so thoughtful. I know your mom loves that so much, so special to her, and and if she really loves it, she's going to wear that to church on Sunday, (laughs) which, of course, she did. (laughs) And coming from a four-year-old, that's a really sweet gift. Coming from a 15-year-old or 25-year-old, 
there'd be something wrong with that because we understand your perspective changes. You realize that is not valuable at all or beautiful at all, and it would be a very different kind of, kind of moment. There's a maturity in perspective that we need to build. Paul calls us to perspective in Philippians chapter 3. We've talked about this passage all, all year. And in verse 15, specifically, he calls us to maturity. Therefore, let those of us who have mature have this same mind. And what he's calling to us is this perspective. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's calling us to something that we can't see. He's calling us to a perspective. And it's not the first time he did it. He demonstrated it earlier in this book. In chapter 1 and verse 18, he, he is commenting on how some people preach Christ for good motives. Some are preaching Christ, and part of their intent is to do harm to Paul. And Paul sees that, and his perspective is, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice, whatever the motive is. If Christ is preached, then so be it. I'll rejoice in that. You all know verse 21 of chapter 1, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's a perspective on death that is unusual even for many Christians, I think. It's unusual for me. Then chapter 1 and verse 29, he speaks of the suffering they've had to go through, and he gives them a perspective on that that's different. Listen to how he phrases this when he talks about the suffering they've had to deal with. For to you... It has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. It's like suffering is a gift to you. It's been granted to you to suffer. And in so doing, you're even closer to being like Christ than others who don't suffer because Christ himself suffered. And you're more like him if you go through that. That's a unique perspective. And he calls on them all throughout this book to do, view things differently. And here in the charge of chapter 3, he again pushes them to a perspective. Perspective is powerful. Our perspective is powerful because we act on our perspective. If you think you're being treated unfairly, if that's your view of things, you're going to say so, and you're going to act like that's so. If you think something is a good deal, you're going to buy it. Most of you will buy it. Some of you are miserly enough you won't buy it even a good deal. <laughs> that's me. Good deal? I don't care. I'm not spending my money. <laughs> So you're going to buy it. Marketing people know this, so they can change your perspective. This is cool. I'm going to buy that because I want to be cool. This is a great deal. I'm going to buy that because who wouldn't spend 10 bucks on that? Right. They know that we act on our perspective. And Paul calls us to action in this. Forget what's behind. Reach forward to what lies ahead, he says. Press on toward this goal for the prize that we're called. All those are calls to action, and he's doing that through reminding us of the right kind of perspective we're supposed to have. And part of that is there's more to this than what I see. Paul speaks to this when he says, I press toward the goal for the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What goal is he talking about? What prize is he talking about? It's nothing I can see. It's nothing I can get my hands around. He's calling us to see something that can't be seen. He speaks to that again just a few verses later in verse 20 of chapter 3, for our citizenship is in heaven, and notice how he finishes it, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember where you belong, he says, and what you're waiting for. It's not something you can see. It's not tangible that way, and act like that. So Paul calls us to see, really, in this passage, 
two different sides of creation. There's the visible and the invisible. Those are how he described it in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16. Those are the words he used. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, created things in heaven, and that are on earth, visible and invisible. And then he lists some of those things, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Our theme this year, one reason it's potent is it gives us perspective if I'm there to listen to it and to learn it. Because when I get it, when I believe it, I'm going to act like it, at least act more like it. We participate in a physical world. That's easy enough to see. Some thinky philosophers even try to get us to make that uncertain, but they're just thinking into absurdities. The physical world is obvious enough, and we're a part of it. It is less tangible, however, to see that we are every bit as involved in a spiritual dimension, what Paul calls the heavenly places in the book of Ephesians. We interact there every day, and we interact with other forces and powers and beings that are there every day. You've done it today, and you will continue today. And some of those are very much our friend, and others are terribly treacherous, violent, and they're vicious, but it's intangible, but it's there. We get a small glimpse into this invisible world in the book of Daniel. I'd like to read just a snippet there. It's like we get a little peek behind the curtain of what we don't often see. In Daniel chapter 9 and verse 20, this follows a great prayer of Daniel. Daniel prays most of chapter 9 is his prayer. And then in verse 20, the narrative picks up with this. Now, while I was speaking... This is Daniel talking. But now while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, you know that name, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplication, that's his prayer. Pay attention to this. At the beginning of your supplication, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Here's the point I want us to think about. At the beginning of Daniel's prayer, Gabriel was given a task to do. And I don't know how to explain all that or what all that means exactly, but Daniel's prayer set the invisible world in motion. And things happened that Daniel couldn't see until Gabriel came to him, and he had this experience with Gabriel that you and I are not going to ever have. But that invisible world is real, and it's as real now as it was then. And those forces are as real now as they were then. And when you and I pray in just a moment, understand it's not five, six hundred people participating in that prayer. It is us participating in that prayer. But there's all kinds of forces in the world we don't see that are also moved by that prayer. Daniel chapter 10, we see another little glimpse in this. Verse 12, then he said to me, do not fear Daniel. 
For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But, and I can't explain all this, exactly what this means, but it gives us a glimpse into the unseen, and that's a perspective you and I need. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision refers to many days yet to come. And then you go down to verse 20, the same chapter. Then he said, do you know why I've come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. And that being left Daniel's presence. The point again, we see a little bit of a glimpse behind the curtain in the book of Daniel into the realm of the unseen, the invisible created by Jesus, created for Jesus, and which are as active today as they now ever have been. The Lord gives us a little glimpse of this too in a conversation with Peter in Luke chapter 22 and verse 31. Do you remember this? Comment to Peter before Peter betrays him. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. You ever wondered if Satan has asked for someone you know to sift them, to ask for you? Will he ask for you to sift you like you sift wheat, but the Lord prays for you? I can't explain all that's going on there, but it's going on there, and it is now as well. We worshiped in song just a moment ago. It was not just us in this room who were involved in that worship. Unseen forces were as well. And when you face your temptations later today, and you will, in whatever forms those take, it is more than you. There are forces on your side, there are forces very much against you, and there is you. And there is me. It's not the shoulder angels of the emperor's new groove, exactly, <laughs> arguing over is that a toga or a dress. <laughs> Those cartoonish depictions of the kind of world that pop up are just that. They're cartoonish and they're ridiculous. <laughs> but those forces are real. And those influences are real. And some are fighting for you and some are fighting against you. And Paul says, those who have mature, you have this mind. You're pressing forward to something that you don't yet see. But it's the upward call of God in Christ Jesus and there is a prize there. And it is by faith that we see the unseen. And it is that perspective that reminds us where we are going and gives us motive to press on, as Paul calls us to. Let's pray together. Our Father, for your great providence and your actions that are for our benefit and our good, we praise you and thank you. It is by you and you alone that we have hope of salvation a resolution for the sin that so easily ensnares us and which has so often ensnared us. And for those, we ask your forgiveness and we rely on your great grace. We are grateful for the revelation that you have given to us of the unseen. And we pray today that in your providence, you'll respond to this prayer in your wisdom and your power to thwart the forces that are against us, to increase our knowledge of Christ through your word, to tear down the strongholds that have been built up. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Be Thou My Vision. There are five verses in this song. We'll sing the first four at a pretty good clip and then slow down verse five significantly. Do mi so do. Be thou my Thank you for joining us for Daily Chapel from Florida College. Have a blessed day.